1: Illinois is poised to mandate paid leave for nearly all workers. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. The proposed legislation requires employers in the state to give workers time off based on hours worked. And that time off isn't just for days when you or your child is sick, it can be used for any reason. Governor Pritzker says he's ready to sign the bill into law, which would go into effect in 2024. To get the details and to hear what this legislation would mean for workers and employers, we're talking to Mark Maxwell, who's been keeping a close eye on this story. He's the former Capitol Bureau chief of WCIA in Springfield and the current political editor at KSDK News in St. Louis. Also with us is Ben Opp, HR hotline advisor at HR Source. That's a Chicago area association that's providing resources, support, and services to hundreds of employers. Mark, this is a big story in our region – Break down the details of this paid leave legislation for us. What does it include?
2: Sure. It's really big in the Metro East, just outside of St. Louis, too, where a lot of lower income workers will work in retail or in service jobs. Those are the types of jobs that don't often come with paid leave or paid sick leave. Um, This would start New Year's Day in 2024 once Governor Pritzker signs the bill, and he's indicated that he will do that. Workers would get a full week of paid leave. And as you alluded to earlier, it doesn't have to be sick leave. You don't even have to give your employer a specific reason. You get one week off. You accrue that time. Every 40 hours you work, you get one hour of, uh, of paid leave. So it, you accrue it over time. But uh, the employer can just give you that full week within the first 90 days of you starting your employment. That's the way this law is yeah. written. So they can give that uh, full benefit to you right out of the gate.
1: And not many states mandate paid leave. Right, Mark. So what was the genesis of this bill?
2: Well, labor unions are one of the most influential political blocks in Illinois in Springfield, and for a long time this has been something high on on their list to say we want to expand workers benefits to people who are not in unions, to people who may not already have some of these uh protections. And, and you're right. I think only Maine and Nevada have uh mandatory paid leave and Illinois would be uh the most expansive benefit yet.
1: Hmm. So, Ben, this is where you come in. I want you to help put this in perspective for us. What percentage of Illinois employers already provide time off to their staff?
3: Yeah, I can speak to the members of our organization, and we we have surveys, we have good data. It shows maybe 80%, I would say, you know, the, the majority, maybe the vast majority, already okay. provide some kind of paid leave.
1: So if, if the vast majority is already um, offering paid time off, do you think that this bill will have a significant impact on Illinois workers?
3: Yeah, I think the impact will be, as Mark was saying, on um, employees who are in industries and, and organizations where it's not as common for that paid leave to be offered, uh, maybe not in white-collar positions.
1: Yeah. Well, Mark, what have you heard from workers as you've been covering the story? What are they saying?
2: Well, one of the examples that people often overlook is wait staff. At a restaurant, right? These are workers who yeah. usually rely on tips and commission, and they don't even make the minimum wage. So what would That's pay good. leave look like for them? Um, this bill contemplates that. It's, this, this bill is different than Maine and Nevada in the fact that if, if you're one of those uh, wait staff and you take one of your paid uh, days off, uh, the, the restaurant or the employer would be required to pay you at, at least the full minimum wage for that time um, and not at your prorated um Sub minimum wage, so to speak. So that's an example where workers look at this and say, "Finally, I have some flexibility. Um, I, you know, I don't have to call in." Uh, now, if you can see this coming, the, the law says if it's a foreseeable event, it sort of nudges the worker to give your employer at least seven days heads up. Like, don't you know, give, give them some notice. But if it's unexpected, you don't have to give a reason. You can call in and just let your employer know as soon as possible. That part is also spelled out in the law. And. Um, you know, it did face some opposition uh, in, in Springfield. Only two Republicans in the House voted for it, and they were two that were retiring. None of the Republicans in the Senate voted for it, but <laughs> uh, in the end, it, it still passed with big majorities.
1: Yeah, and I saw you nodding there, uh, Ben, a big deal for
3: for the server industry. Absolutely, and I think um, it's exciting to see some of those, those protections expanded. Um, it certainly is going to have a big impact not only on employees, but also on those employers who aren't currently offering that.
1: A reminder we want to hear from you. Tell us what are your thoughts on this statewide paid leave legislation? What difference would it make for you? Call us at 866-915-WBEZ. Again, that number's 866-915-WBEZ. Let's jump to the phones where Sydney in Oak Park is waiting. Hi Sydney. Welcome to the show.
4: Hi Foster. Thank you so much. Um I am 24 years old, a recent college graduate, and I have never worked a job that has offered paid leave. Um, I currently work a lot of contract 1099 positions, and I have been experiencing some health issues, and I've been realizing through research how much some paid leave could really alleviate some of the physical stress that I'm under and also some of the stress of feeling like you having to show up for your job every day when your body is kind of giving up on you, but I really am in support of this legislation and I guess my question would be, um, if this legislation doesn't pass, is there anything that is kind of in place coming up behind this that might still push for some more paid leave for workers in Illinois?
1: Thank you for sharing your story, Sydney. And good question, Ben. Do you have a response for that?
3: I think the risk of it not not becoming law at this point is relatively low. I think that's that's the good news for you, Sydney. I think um, I'm not aware of any other legislation coming behind it. Um, this has been a long time coming in the state. Mark, any thoughts there?
2: She touched on one of the biggest blind spots in this particular proposal, and one of the things that labor unions and workers' advocates have been trying to tackle now for the better part of a decade, which is the contractor employment, 1099 workers in the so-called gig economy. They just they don't come with the same investment from an employer-employee relationship uh, on, on the business side, and they don't have the same protection. So this bill does, actually doesn't apply to 1099 workers, which we know is a bigger part of the workforce, mm. um, and, and that's one of the things that uh, House Democrat Jahan Gordon Booth from from Peoria uh, was looking at. It. And she goes, "Yeah, there's just it's really hard legally to, to get at that because w- when someone takes you on as a 1099 contractor, they're not giving you uh, the same benefit that they might. It, it's more of a you know fly by night marriage of convenience, so to speak. It, it's something that uh, companies use to limit their." Um, yeah I, I guess their, their investment in that worker
1: and mark you, you mentioned something earlier that I'm still curious about. Why exactly did Republicans vote against this bill? what well, were we, what were their concerns?
2: Sure, we asked them you know it's always sometimes illuminating to hear uh, some of the opposition and where that's coming from. For the most part, they were voicing opposition on behalf of small business uh, employers and companies. Um, I believe that Illinois is, again, more expansive than those proposals in Maine and Nevada because there is no cap. This basically is any business of any size. If you have two employees or 2,000, you would be required to offer paid leave. In the other states that have this, they set a cap saying if you're like – say you have 10 employees or fewer, we're not going to require you to cover this cost. But it is an added cost. Employers have to pick up the tab, so to speak, for that lost labor, or they Mm -hmm. have to replace it at the very least. Like, for example, uh, the Illinois bill – uh, if and when Governor Pritzker signs it into law, it, it says that your boss can't force you, the worker, to go find your own replacement for those days you miss. That's on them. That's on the employer. And it, it, the bill reads very much like a union contract would.
1: Interesting. Ben, you're nodding <laughs> once again in agreement. I mean, l- let's talk about that. And, and also, I, I do want to just dig into the, the flexibility of this this version of the bill again, because Chicago and Cook County, they already have ordinances that allow for paid sick leave uh but this state bill is a bit more flexible, right? Like the worker, as we've said, Ben, they can take off for any reason, not just being sick. That's a big deal, right?
3: That is a big deal. And it certainly is how this differs from the existing ordinances in the city and in Cook County where there has to be some kind of qualifying reason, an illness or a family need um and it, there is some restrictions there employers can't ask about that until an employee is gone for 3 days or more but this even goes further and says hey employees employers can't ask at all about the reason um it creates a lot of flexibility for employees to use this for any type of need whether it's illness or not
1: and you're fielding in your work i mean hundreds of questions from employers about their HR policies, right? What are some of the biggest um, questions that come up when it comes to maybe paid leave?
3: Yeah, this law has certainly created a lot of traffic for us. Um, We're taking kind of a wait-and-see approach with this. We're waiting to see, will there be more guidance from the Department of Labor, maybe an FAQ, some more rules that, that we can apply and use when we're writing policy. Um, Many employers are asking, they're saying, hey, we already have an existing paid sick leave policy. We have paid vacation. Do our existing policies work or are we going to have to change them? Um, so that's a question we're taking. We are kind of you know, waiting to see, but also saying, hey, if you don't have a policy that allows leave for any reason, mm-hmm. there's a good chance you're going to have to take a look at that.
1: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we're discussing how Illinois could soon have mandatory paid leave for nearly all workers. And with us to discuss are political editor Mark Maxwell and HR expert Ben Opp. We're still taking your calls on paid leave at 866 915 Easy. If you don't currently have it, what would it mean for you? Or if you're an employer, tell us, would paid leave change how you operate? Let's hear now from Lydia, who's been waiting on the line. Hey, Lydia, welcome to Reset. Hi.
4: Thank you so much.
1: What are your thoughts on paid leave in Illinois?
4: Yeah, absolutely. So I have been a server and a bartender off and on for 15 years, and there was only once in that entire 15 years that I had paid time off. And that allowed me um, back in Oregon to take a needed surgery, needed two weeks off with pay. Um, otherwise, every time I am sick, every time um, I've needed a surgery or I've had an emergency, when I had COVID this past year, um, anytime I do not come into work, I do not get paid.
1: What's that been like for you, Lydia? I mean, what kind of arrangements do you have to make in order for that to work?
4: it's really challenging Um, as someone who has had um, a myriad of chronic illnesses over the years most of the time um, I've been in the mindset that I need to suck it up and go in Um, and COVID is the one thing that has changed that people tend to be a little more understanding if you call in and say hey I'm really not feeling well I'm sick Um, but they say okay great don't come in but also you will not get paid
1: oh boy yeah, and, and sadly, that is the situation for so, so many of us. I mean, I've, I've been there myself in the past. Thanks for sharing your story, though, Lydia. Appreciate your call. Let's hear from Dulce. Hi, Dulce. Welcome to Reset. Hi. Hi. You have a question, a, an HR specific question?
4: Yeah, my question was, and I, I don't know where to sit on this yet. So, I, and I hope somebody didn't answer while I was asking. But my question was, When someone is on sick leave, if the employer has to hire someone else to do that work, aren't they then paying double the same
3: work? Ben? Yeah, I think think you could see it that way. I totally understand the logic that we're paying someone to not work while they're on sick leave, and then we're also paying someone to do the job that that person is not able to do. Um, So there is certainly a burden for employers anytime we're paying for leave.
1: Mark, let's bring you back in here. Uh, you know, again, on the the concerns on on the other side here, I know that uh, the new House Republican leader, Tony McCombie, says this legislation for paid leave could have a, quote, detrimental effect on small businesses. What else are you hearing critics say?
2: And they often will say things that business owners like predictability. Well, workers like flexibility. And sometimes those two things are at odds. But one of the concerns some Republicans raise, too, is that maybe workers could find creative ways to sort of uh, use this benefit uh, to, to their advantage. For example, it, it doesn't require you—you you know, a, a lot of times we think, I'm going to take off a, a sick day. You take off that whole day. Well, this bill gives you even more flexibility and says you only have to take up to two hours of your 40 hours a year at once. Right. So, think of the possibilities. Could someone take— off work every other Friday, just two hours early. Say they work at nine to five. They just bail at three o'clock and say, I'm out. <laughs> That's my paid leave. I guess they, they could. could. Yeah, they could according to this law.
1: They could. And, and as we talked about earlier, Mark, I mean, it's just been Maine and Nevada who have similar laws to this Illinois bill. Why do you think there hasn't been more momentum behind this concept? And I'd love to hear your but, thoughts after, Ben.
2: Sure. I think a lot of big companies are already doing this under their own volition. A lot of big companies that value their workers and want to make the workplace an enjoyable place, and they want to have higher worker retention, it costs companies a lot of money to replace workers um, and to hire new people. So they really want to keep workers happy. I think a lot of companies already do that, which alleviates some of the political urgency to do this. But in doing it in Illinois, I think it creates a template where other states can quickly pick it up and pass it as well.
3: Yeah. Ben? Yeah, I think Mark is absolutely right. Many companies, larger companies, smaller companies are already doing this. And that does take the pressure off on the political side. But this obviously is going to impact those employers who are not currently doing it, who might primarily be smaller employers.
1: And ultimately, Ben, we are not talking about a ton of paid time off here, right? That's correct. The law, as we we said earlier, it would allow workers to bank one hour for every 40 hours worked. That's exactly right. I'm thinking of a full year. If you're working full time, we're just talking about six or seven days total. So I'm wondering about the pushback that, that Mark has, has told us about here from critics like the House Republican leader talking about it being detrimental to small businesses. I mean, it seems pretty manageable. Am I, yeah.
3: wrong? I think it I think we can see it both ways. I think for a really small organization – Um, it can feel like a huge amount of pressure all of a sudden to have to provide this. I do think, you know, we haven't talked about recruiting yet in this conversation. I think that's a huge piece. That the the employers who have been successful in this very difficult environment of recruiting in the past year or two have really increased their offerings in terms of benefits, in terms of paid leave. Um, This is sort of going to force employers who aren't doing that yet to become more competitive. It certainly will have a financial impact, though. We can't can't just ignore that.
1: Do you think this bill should have gone further, maybe, because of what we've been saying, most employers are doing better than this already?
3: I think the idea of this bill, at least as I understand it, is to sort of take those pilot programs from Cook County and from the city and then establish a baseline for the entire state. Um, You know, I I think there's probably arguments on both sides about whether it should go further or or if it goes too far. Um, But I think this this creates just a kind of a standard across the state. Um, This is the minimum that everybody has to do.
1: Mark, what has the Illinois Retail Association had to say about all this?
2: Um, You know, I. I think that for the most part, a lot of their uh, members are bigger uh, box stores and, and things. But they do have some smaller members. Um, I, I couldn't, I don't have a quote from them pulled up, but you know, usually you can expect the retail merchants, the shop owners, to, you know, carefully consider impact to their bottom line. Um, and I think there's some political savvy though on their part. With Governor Pritzker in office, they try not to pick big political fights that they think they can't win. Um, so often they've been trying to tone down criticism of. Of things they think are sort of inevitable in Springfield, and save their criticism of big expenses when, when they think it's going to really be best spent. When they, when their criticism carries the most weight, um, that's when they speak out a little bit more loudly. At least to that. that's the political analysis of their involvement uh, yeah. lately around these issues. But on this particular topic, I guess I could just say this: if they had any criticism, it wasn't loud enough to really land on my radar.
1: Right, and Ben, you know many labor laws, they're written for businesses of a certain size, right? So like I'm thinking of minimum wage here in Chicago. It's slightly different based on whether a business has fewer or more than 20 workers. So just so that we're clear, is that the case with paid leave?
3: It is not the case with this paid leave law. This applies to all employers regardless of their size.
1: And uh, Mark, you you talked earlier about how there are some workers that this law will not apply to. Are there businesses too that won't be able to take advantage of this?
2: Well, businesses, sort of. The federal railroad workers, um, they're exempted. Um, That's been separately negotiated. And there's a few other types of workers, like temp workers who might be college students who work at their university. You know, they're not usually expected to come back and work consecutive years in a row, so they're exempted out of this. Um, There's a few small, minor exceptions. But, for you know, by and large, most full-time employees or even part-time employees that work um, at at companies are still entitled to this on that prorated basis. If they work the 40 hours, then they get the hour it does cap at 40 hours a year. So, you know, you could work more than uh that number of you know, you could technically accrue 52 hours or you know, more plus, but the law only caps at 40 hours per 12-month period. I see.
1: Let's hear from one last caller. Here is Julie in Oak Park. Hi Julie, welcome to Reset. Hi.
4: Thanks for taking my call. Uh, question I have is um what is gonna prevent
1: the small town the small business owner from transferring all their own all their employees over to being ten ninety nine? Because I've been a ten ninety nine since nineteen ninety five. So basically that means I work with no benefits and I have to buy my own health insurance, so on and so forth. So what's gonna prevent with this law? Is there anything in place to prevent the owners, the business owners from transferring all their present employees over to ten ninety nine status? That's a great question, Julie. What is going to prevent businesses from shifting all employees to 1099?
3: Yeah, it's an excellent question. And the answer is federal law. Um, We have really good federal law, the Fair Labor Standards Act, that defines what an employee is and what an independent contractor is. And so if you have employees who are currently classed that way as employees, it's going to be very difficult and probably unlawful to just uh, immediately change them over to being contractors. It's a very different type of relationship with a very specific set of rules.
1: And leave us with this. I mean, with unemployment at historic lows right now, are workers in a good position to ask for more time off from employers right now?
3: Absolutely. I think workers, uh, applicants to positions right now have a lot of power in terms of negotiating the terms and conditions of their employment. And certainly time off is one of the most negotiated elements of an offer.
1: We'll leave it there. That's Ben Op with HR Source and Mark Maxwell with KSDK News. Thank you both. episode of Reset was produced by Dan Tucker, Maha Ahmed, and Stephanie Kim, and it was edited by Andrew Merriweather. Stay up to date on the news, politics, and arts and culture in the city by subscribing to our podcast. That'll do it for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow.